Hey, we are live. This is Dell Callahan. Today I'm going to do my Company of One podcast uh, off the Facebook Live. Last week I did this and did it incorrectly uh, with on my profile page instead of my company page or whatever that's called. So today what we're looking at is uh, is the how do you start a business and what kind of things do you get started? So I'm going to do that live here in just a minute uh, once I get all my notes point, pointed up. And uh, hey, Jim, I see you over there. So thanks for joining in. So we are. Uh, so yeah, last week when I did this, I did it uh, accidentally to the profile page, and uh, and well, I've probably made more mistakes than that than, than ever. And the week I tried it on Facebook Live, uh, it was a disaster because the audio something happened with the audio. So I'm gonna jump in here and go with uh, episode 154. So let's get started. So welcome to the Company of One, episode number 154. Today we're talking about the first five steps to starting your own business or side hustle, whichever one you want to call it. Actually, what I'm finding now, people in a side hustle, meaning I'm going to keep my full-time job and I'm going to go off and do something else on the side or sometimes gig economy, right? I'm going to generate extra income through gigs. So how do we do this? Whether it's a, whether it's a full-time business or hustle, what are the steps that you take? But before we want to do that, I'm going to do what I've been doing on the podcast and haven't done in the last couple of times is just read a shout out uh, to somebody that's given a review on the podcast. Lansden. And so Adam's actually a client in our uh, professional graduate program at the university. So he says, uh, if you want to shift the vector of your career and your life, this is the podcast for you. Dell has a way of constructive criticism uh, with motivation, encouragement, and how-to. The company of one flips the tables upside down and will give you new self-life and work. His angles may be unconvincing. Can't be denied. So uh, thanks so much, Adam. I'll post that to the uh, to the website at dellcallahan.com slash 154 for episode number 154. So Adam is one of these guys in our uh, graduate program. So he's a client through the graduate program. And I'll use him as an example because he's got this side hustle, side business going. And we've been talking about how does he increase his income? Because when it comes right down to it, that's what we want to do is we just want to increase the income. And I spend all this time, I just can't even tell you how much time talking to people. And let's just say a lot of what they are doing is just just plain stupid and they're getting their advice from all the great things from great websites and from great books that are stupid right so here's the two things that happen almost every time is we're going to write a business plan we're going to get funding and that's what the questions I get is how do you write a business plan and how do you get funding for your business I had this question the other day the guy's like how did you get funding for your business this is which one are you talking about? He's like, well, I just mean in general, how do you get funding? So I asked him the question. I was called this grandma's question, right? 
the obvious question that grandma would ask you. And he said, I don't know. I don't know what I want to use the money for. So obviously he was barking down this or barking up this tree, trying to figure out what to do. And he had no clue this was. As we talked on the phone that day, uh, he had no clue who his customer was. Some of the things we'll talk about today. The other thing is writing a business plan. This guy had written a business plan. He had uh, some 25 or 30 pages of a business plan. And you know where that's going? In the trash, right? Because nobody reads that junk. But if you if you're there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so this that's bad advice. Don't go writing a business plan, and don't go try to find funding. As a matter of fact, the kind of funding that you should have should be zero in almost every business. Uh, if you don't have the money in your back pocket or in your bank account, you probably shouldn't be starting it. Uh, so here's the, here's what you do need to do. And these steps are repeatable. And these steps, them. if you ask entrepreneurs out there who are successful, who have done things, who have made money, whether it's bazillions of dollars or uh, some extra income, these steps happen almost every time. Is find a problem to solve. Sounds obvious, I know, but it's just not. I can't number of complicated, weird, twisted ideas that I hear, and I know you probably see them too, that are just like insane. You gotta make sure the problem is for real people. So for instance, I'm gonna help people take care of their lawns, right? It's a real problem. People don't have time. They want their yards to look great. I'm going to pressure wash their driveways. They get tired of slipping down in their driveways because they're mildewed over. I'm going to reduce accidents in manufacturing plants by doing periodic safety assessments. Manufacturing plants, safety is a big deal. How do you solve it? I'm going to uh, assist online marketers so they can be more productive by maybe being a virtual assistant, right? But here's the kind of problems I hear all the time is we're going to save the environment. Uh, okay, that's great. But what's the real problem to solve people? Because if you don't have real people that's tied to it, then you've got to figure out who's going to pay you. And in this case, nobody nobody's going to pay you to save the environment unless you get some kind of government grant or you move to another country where they're just going to pay you and run out of money to save the environment. I see that thing kind of thing all the time though, where they've got these big giant uh, nebulous ideas that aren't well formed, just focus on solving a problem and a small problem, right? That's what matters. Uh, so find a problem to solve. Here's the good part of this. There's a problem everywhere, right? Uh, as a friend of mine that's in the healthcare industry that started multiple companies in the healthcare industry, he's an IT guy. Uh, so matching IT and healthcare, he says, you can look at, you can walk into a hospital, blindfold yourself, throw a dart, and you will hit something that is a major problem that can make you millions of dollars. That's healthcare. That's healthcare in America. That's healthcare everywhere. But that's 
you pick an industry, you pick anything, there's so many problems to solve, and many of them you know about. Matter of fact, are the things that you fuss about and you that are frustrate you. They're problems, right? As you're driving down the road, you have frustrations. At your work, you have frustrations. Maybe not the ones that you just work with idiots, but you know, those those kind of frustrations. You can solve that problem too, but that's a whole nother kind of business. So this, once you understand a problem to solve, think about who is the customer who will pay, right? These two things go hand in hand. The problem is usually related to the people who will pay for the problem. Who, who is the customer? Is it a business or an individual? Now, a business pays money for things, and an individual pays money. But sometimes it's hard to figure out. And, and a lot of times these people were coming to me, and they something something uh, like for a hospital. Like for, well, I'll just give you some examples that have come to me. Um, services that help teachers like in public school systems, services, this will help the teacher. And so what I'm going to do, and this is going to help the teacher be more productive in, uh, in running the classroom and managing the classroom. So my question is always, great, who's going to pay? Who is the customer? The definition of a customer, I don't have a wallet. I'd give you a demo. My wallet's somewhere else. People who take out their wallet and hand money over to you, or the people who write the check, that's the customer. Don't get confused. It's not anybody else. So you're, once you know what you're going to do, you have to decide who is going to pay for that. That is the customer. Things like school systems. So my question is always, who's going to pay? The school system? Are you selling to the government? Or are you selling to private school systems? Or are you selling to the teacher? Or are you going to sell this product or service to the parents of the students? Because the students don't have any money, right? So think through what is that? How are you going to sell uh, that product? Who's going to pay? The, th the other place I see this a lot of times is in medical services. People will approach us and they say, we've got this great idea to help doc offices run better. Uh, so whether it's a hospital, but just think about a doctor's office, right? And we're, we're going to get patients in and out faster. And I've seen a lot of different technologies now faster. Who's going to pay? Like we had one that it would, um, it, it would essentially, uh, it would essentially give a pager. So you would check into the office of the doctor and then you would get a pager and the doc and it was a texting service, basically not a, pager just really dated it was a phone okay it was a texting service so what would happen is i go in the doctor i check in and they will text me with within 15 minutes of me wanting to be there right makes sense sense for anybody who's waited for a dinner and you're sitting there thinking why can't they be on time i'm on time and i'm waiting here for an hour so i would love to be able to go do something else and come back Right? Who's going to pay for that? Think about that. The doctor's not going to pay for that. Why would they? They don't want you to be late. Because if you leave, what's the likelihood of you showing back up in time a second time? Probably not very good. The doctor don't want that. The doctor just doesn't care. Does the patient want that? Absolutely. The patient wants that. 
uh, but how are you going to get the patient to pay for that? So you think through this. Once you find the problem, who's going to pay, who's the customer, who will pay? Most things aren't this complicated. I'm giving you some weird examples, but for some reason, I attract weird examples, and people approach us usually wanting to uh, wanting investment, wanting venture capital, wanting angel capital. Uh, so, but focus on the stupid simple. I'm going to go again and tell you it's the grandma principle. If you cannot explain your business idea to your grandma and she understand it, you probably have a dumb idea. That's just my thinking. So number three is create an offering. Once you have a problem and you know the customer who's going to pay, then let's just get with it. Create an offering. Uh, make it simple. Make it stupid simple. Just think about a tree, a, a, a tree service. Uh, so uh, three, three prices. I'll cut down your tree, $500. I'll cut down your tree and haul it off, $800. I'll cut down your tree, haul it off, grind the stump down, put your yard back for $1,000. Simple. Three different price strategies, three different pricing points for a simple service. That's what we like. How many times have you been somewhere to a website and you can't figure out? they got so many options on pricing that uh, it makes your head, you know, I don't know what to do here. I don't know. I, there's so many choices. Uh, a lot of studies have been done in marketing, and about three choices is what we want. We don't want 20 choices. We want 20 choices, but we don't. We act like we do, but we don't. So if you watch in marketing, companies that do great jobs of marketing, they have three different price points. Think about Apple, right? They've been somewhat successful. What do they sell in, in their computing products? They sell your basic uh, MacBook, your MacBook Pro, and if you want to spend a bazillion dollars the big giant MacBook, I forget what the heck it's called. But uh, so you got three different price points and essentially they're kind of, you know, your, your typical everyday user, somebody who needs more horsepower and the professional. And that's where they priced all their products at. You see this all the time. Sometimes you see it as bronze, silver and gold offerings. You see this at spas. Uh, you see this at mechanics shops everywhere. Uh, simple offerings. So don't make it complicated. Tell the, uh, the customer what the price is and uh, give them the offering and then go with that. So the fourth thing is find an inexpensive way to get it in front of your customers. Marketing costs money. I didn't say cheap. I said expensive. Inexpensive means if I pay for $1,000 for an advertisement and get $4,000 in sales, that was inexpensive. That's what I want to see happen. Uh, what is not cheap is usually things that most people do. They go out and they do expensive advertisement for usually unproven ideas. So think about people who go out and they put flyers in the mailbox. Okay, I know that's illegal. But you put flyers in somebody's driveway or however you get the little flyer, put it on their doorknob, something simple you can test. So an experiment, if you, if the great book is Guerrilla Marketing. Guerrilla Marketing Strategy talks about how small companies market like the big companies without spending the big giant amounts of money. But the truth is the big companies don't go spending big amounts of money either until they know that they're going to work. So they test things. So what we always look for is what are three different strategies for marketing? 
So maybe it's a Facebook ad, it's a flyer on a door, and uh, we're, we'll do speaking events, or we'll do a YouTube channel, whatever. Think about three different things that you can try, and keep testing till something works. But don't get overcomplicated here, because really, all you're trying to do is put this in front of other people. So find an inexpensive way to get your offering in front of your customers. And number five, once you've got something, is offer it repeatedly every day, every month, whatever. Repeat what works, stop what doesn't. That doesn't sound real complicated, does it? But uh, that's not what people do. They, they get one ad out there, one Facebook ad, or one advertisement somewhere, and they say, well, that didn't work. Or if it did work, they quit and think that everybody's going to come beating down their door. Or they polish up their website thinking that's really going to make a big difference. Nobody cares about that stuff. You've got to get it in front of the customer uh, so that they know that you're there and they know what you offer daily, weekly. Uh, and when you think you're advertising too much, you're just beginning to be at the bare minimum. Because here's what happens in advertising, especially these days when we are out there and we are doing uh, putting ads on places like Facebook marketing and family members or friends or seeing them. They'll say, oh, you're advertising too much. Uh, that means they're seeing them because they know you, but nobody else is seeing them. So you want to be advertising until everybody else sees you. You probably have heard the rule of 17. I'll use 15. It doesn't really matter. So the first time you see, think about a television ad. The first time you see a television ad, you totally ignore it. I mean, your mind is numb. You don't even know it's there. So you see a television ad and it's just, it's a blur. It's not that you got up and went and got a Coke. It's that it wasn't there at all. You didn't even notice it. The second time you notice it, you think it's stupid. The third time you notice it, oh, well, there's something funny in it. So one of the great examples is the My Pillow guy. I don't know if you've ever watched his commercials. They're everywhere now. They're cheesy. He has a little cheesy jingle. And if you watch it the, for the first time, you think about what a loser. But you see it over and over again. That tells you two different things. If you see it over and over again, he's selling something. And then it begins to catch on and you start paying attention to his products and services. And then you have them shipped to your house. And then you're advertising for him. That's how advertising works. You've got to stay on it, stay in front of people and don't quit. Don't listen to anybody that says you're advertising too much. They just know you too well. So ignore that, smile, say thank you for your advice, and move on. So remember, if you want to start a side hustle, you want to start a business, uh, you can generate significant amounts of income without having a job or on side of a job. Find a problem to solve. Find out who the customer is, who's going to pay for it. Create an offering very quickly. Nowhere did I say write a business plan, right? You can do all this very quickly. Create an offering. It's really important to get to that step three and then find an inexpensive way to get your offering in front of your customers and then do it over and over and over. And you know what? When people start paying for your services, then all those other things like I need money and I need a business plan, well, they kind of take care of themselves. You have a plan. So thanks a lot. 
and we will be posting this up to uh, the podcast tomorrow morning, first thing in the morning. So we will talk to you next week.